0: From the Earth to Mars to Titan, who better to take you there than thinking through autonomy? I promised you a glimpse of space exploration last season, and we're embarking on that adventure today with Dr. Jeff Delane, a member of the Mars Ingenuity Navigation Team at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. The Ingenuity helicopter team just accomplished one of the greatest engineering feats in aviation history by taking off flying around and safely landing on Mars. In fact, four times now as of our recording date. Ingenuity's navigation team plays a critical role in keeping the helicopter safe and on course. Jeff will take us through how Ingenuity flies across Mars without getting lost and how this team developed cutting edge autonomous navigation to use on another planet. I'm thrilled to be talking to a member of a team of incredible explorers and engineers. And, yes, we'll be talking about why Saturn's moon Titan is the next great adventure in aviation. This episode was recorded on Sol 70. Please like us and subscribe. Thank you so much for joining me on Thinking Through Autonomy. And I cannot tell you how excited I am to be talking to you as you and the team continue to fly Ingenuity on Mars. You're between flights four and five now. The mission's been extended for 30 days and transitioned to operations demonstration phase. And I think that's NASA talk for Ingenuity is going to be a scout for Perseverance. And I am just wondering, has it hit you and this remarkable team that you have probably accomplished one of the greatest engineering feats in the history of aviation.
1: I, I don't think it has sunk in yet. Uh, like no, one of the reasons for that is that no, uh, the operation team is still like no focusing on the flight. Like no, uh, so I think like no that may sink in like no once this is all done. Uh, but like no, right now the operation part of the team like no, which are like the people that you see in these videos like no is very much focused on the flight and like no and and trying to extend it and make sure we get good flights for as long as we can.
0: So I'm sure there will be a day, whether it's six months or a year from now, you'll sit back and say, "Wow, what have we done?" Maybe have a big JPL party.
1: Yeah, we've we've been talking about this party for a while. Like you know, have they, been like you no know, the, the so-called WebEx parties, like you know, where we go all go on the video link so far. Like you no, know, they're they're pretty fun, but like you no, know, nothing like a, a a good celebration together that we you know we hope we can have soon.
0: <laughs> That's great. And, and let me just ask you this: Put yourself back where you were as you're wa- watching the rocket take off and head towards mars what did you and the team calculate as your chances of success
1: was ingenuity going to fly or 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 what i would say like you no know, so first i'm going to start saying that you no know, probably different people in the team have like you no know, different answers to that because like you know like a lot of us like no you know have like dealt with like different subsystems i was more on the navigation side like you know some people were more like at the system level some others were on the thermal side like you no know, so we we each know, like, know, what are the key assumptions we did, like, you know, I would say from our side, like, you know, we were, like, you know, definitely confident that we had put in the work and, like, you know, and try to brainstorm and think of, like, know, all the possible things that could happen, you know, and at some point, you just, you just got to go with it, you've been given a chance, like, you know, you got to go. There was definitely a non-negligible chance, like, know, some things we hadn't thought of, like, you know, could slip in. I uh, you know, for instance, specifically on the navigation side, like you know, we had an assumption whether, like you know, there was going to be a dust cloud when we take off that would affect the navigation camera that we use, like to 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 guide the autopilot. Like you no, know, so had we been right, like you no, know, we made the assumption that you no, know, up until a meter off the ground, we should not use that camera, but then it would be okay. Like you no, know, was that right? Was that you no know, too, too 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 stressing? Like we did not know for sure. Um, so, look, like I would say, like, you know, probably a 95% chance, but, like, no, you know, it's, it's still 5% chance, yeah. and like that, enough to make you stress on the, the day of the first flight, for sure.
0: And then you have the first flight, which I want to talk about in a little bit, and the second and the third, and you just finished a successful fourth flight. D- does the stress level increase or... Are you confident after the first four flights that you've mitigated as many risks as you possibly could getting ready for flight testing in your first flights on Mars?
1: Um so I think you no know, the, the stress level of the team has like you know, is definitely like you no know, a bit reduced in a sense because like you no, know, we've like you know we were going to Mars for like a technology demonstrations and like you know, the milestones there like you know have been reached. And uh, I think for a lot of people, like, you know they like you no know, that uh, that day of the first flight, like you no, know, that was like you no know, a like a, a milestone for like you know the rest of your careers. Like you no, know, if it fails, like you no, know, well, maybe you're gonna have to wait another five or ten years to retry that technology demonstration and like you no, know, it may never happen again. Like you no, know, it people may have said, Well that's given on the reason of the failure, that may have been too tricky. Like you no, know, maybe that was impossible. But if that was successful, well no, maybe a lot of the Technology and projects that are currently at research level, like you no, know, would move at a faster pace. Like you no, know, was a, a mission proposal, like you no, know, and potentially flat in a few in a few years. Like you know, so like, we, we're very glad that we made it through that phase now. Like you no, know, we, and I think we're in the phase now where like everything is like bonus. Like you no, know, that that new uh, that new mission for operation demonstration, all the data we're getting, like you no, know, it's it's just like you no know, precious engineering data like, you know, to demonstrate new capabilities, develop new models and, like, you know, and, and get get a better future helicopter, or like, you know, if we if we get that chance.
0: So when you look up in the sky tonight and you see Mars, what are you thinking?
1: Uh, I, I tell you what, actually, like, um, a few months back, there was the, uh, you know, the opposition of Mars, like, you know, which I think it was over the summer, uh, it was like you no know, the, the closest point mars was was going to be like you no know, from earth like for the next uh, 20 years or so uh, and so me and another JPL friend like you know we took our friends and we went uh, he just got like this telescope you know and we went to see to see mars because he has this huge scope like you know you could actually make out some of the features on the surface and because the conditions were so good like you no know, we tried to like you know understand what areas of mars we're looking at and we could actually see, okay, oh, this is like, you know, the area where, like, uh, spirit and opportunity landed. And, um, and at some point, we saw, like, you know, where well, in mean, the area that 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 looks like we're going to be, like, where Jezero where Crater was going to be. And, um, like, I remember that night specifically thinking, yeah, I mean, I, Ingenuity and Perseverance, and I know it's somewhere to the right of that point, like, you know, and soon we are going to be getting there. Um, so that, that, that was pretty cool. Um, I, I think the the feeling that we are on that our baby is on Mars really sunk in when we saw the EDL video uh, on February 18. You see that no that like this is happening now. Some people are actually amazing. Um, Yeah, that was the point I say.
0: So deep down, are you feeling more of explorer or engineer, or is there this combination that we can't understand because we haven't been there? What do you feel like?
1: Uh, I would say definitely engineer, like no, I mean, for now, like no, it's a, like you know for, I guess a lot of people in the team, like you know that that's that's the kind of project know you you get into these careers for, but like you know when you when you're finally called, like no to 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 try to make it happen, like no, you want to make sure do you give it your best shot? like no, so you're like you're trying to like use all these years of experience and know and skills and course, and like you know everything you've learned in your past to make it happen. And, and, and like you no, know, we were in that phase during the design. And, like you no, know, now there are the da- there's the data coming in. Like you know, so the operations team is very much in that phase to like make sure to understand the data, like you no, know, make sure they fit the model. What are we learning? And we will be in that phase for like you know, for the next few years at least as we like you know, use this data like you know to improve the future projects. Um, so it's, it's it's an engineering phase, but like you know, sometimes you take a step back, like you know, and you look, and it's 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 pretty cool to see uh, like w- what these uh, objects are, are are doing up there. Jeff,
0: you are a member of a larger engineering team and a larger navigation team. Can you tell us a little bit about your colleagues?
1: Yeah, definitely. So the the navigation team was part of the the, the GNC guidance navigation team, like that was led by Harvard Grip. The specific navigation group, you know, was led by uh, David Bayard, who's a JPL fellow. Like you no, know, he's designed navigation system for years at JPL. And you know, and he was you know, really the brain to like you no know, to put all the parts together on the on the vision side specifically like you now we had like the image processing front from the camera uh like you know, was designed uh, by larry mattis uh roland brokers and myself uh like, you know roland brokers and i were involved in the development and, and testing of the navigation software and then we have like you know, all this uh, the information like you know that's coming on top of the camera the laser rangefinder the inertial system and what we call the state estimation, the navigation algorithm that you know, that puts all this input together and puts the 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 estimate, like you know, was was implemented by Dylan Conway in the team. And so, like this, this small group of people, like you know, about six of them, like you know, we were like the, um, the the key of that navigation team.
0: I would call it a small group of people that help change the world. You know, there are young professionals, kids, students all across the planet that are looking up this at the sky and thinking I want to explore the solar system how can they be like Jeff how how do they get on this amazing ingenuity team w- what's your advice for someone who looks up in the sky and says I need to go there
1: um, I wouldn't I wouldn't give like you know a single advice and, like you know, first because there were like you know so many more people than just me in the team and, like you know and there are so many ways to get into this kind of mission like you know I would say you no know, ob- obviously like a uh, 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 Big part of the team was like you no know, made of like engineers, like you no know, because it was a, a technology demonstration, so there were more engineers than scientists. But like you no, know, even then, like you no, know, you well, you, you are you had some navigation people like me, but you also had like you no, know, like progressively coming out like guidance, control, like you no, know, thermal, mechanical, aerodynamics expert, uh, like you no, know, and then you like you add like the whole like spacecraft component on top of the aircraft uh, part, like you no, know, like the like the crew, idea like uh, surviving the launch. Um, so in the end, like even if it's like a helicopter, and you think it could be pretty specific, like all the all the specifics of being like a, an aerospace engineer are involved. So I would say, like, you know if you if you like aerospace in general, probably the best advice is to among all these disciplines, find the one that you know that that you like most, and that's probably going to end up like you know the one that you end up being the best at. Because like, you know even if you're not the best at the beginning, like you know that's going to come through work, uh, and just like, you know, just. Keep going, like you know, everyone in this, like you know, in this specific team, like you know, when you talk to them, they had some obstacles to surmount, like you know, and if if you don't give up, like you know, at some point something's gonna happen. I'm I'm convinced of that.
0: That that's great. I I want to go back about a, a week and a half right now, back to April 21st, which is the day of Ingenuity's first remarkably incredible flight, and I've seen pictures of the Ingenuity team scanning their computer monitors and they're looking for something on the screen, and then they start cheering. And I just want to know, what was that something that you saw that said Ingenuity flew and landed and on Mars? Was there like a eagle has landed message? Was it a bunch of ones and zeros? But what told you that you accomplished what you had been working on for so many years? So-
1: the, the specific data we were looking at was the altimetry data. Like you no, know, so there is a laser range finder on board. Like you no, know, so a, like a, a small laser that tells you how far you are off the ground. Like you know, so what you want this to tell you is that you no, know, like at first it was close to the ground, but like 15 centimeter, and like you no, it took off, and then it it came down at like you know, at, at at the same height. That was like you no, know, the first simple data like you no know, that tells us okay everything happened correctly. Uh, there were some like you no know, positive like message that came before that like you no know, just the fact of you know, that first that we're getting data like that you know, means okay like you know somehow we we've survived the landing and the flight that's the good news and then like you know no major error comes comes come, comes in but you no know, really that plot I think like you no know, is when the chief pilot of our group like you know like officially said okay we've landed on we we've flown and we've landed safely on on Mars
0: so uh, nobody put in an Easter egg that kind of said you owe me fifteen bucks I told you it would fly. <laughs>
1: I know that I'm aware of, but uh. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you, we'd, hate, we'd hate to have one of the greatest moments in aviation clouded by, hey, you owe me a couple dollars, right? <laughs> but when you started looking at that data from the first flight, how close did it match to what you had been practicing here on earth and the models that you had built? Was it close, sort of close, or wow, we didn't expect that?
1: the first flights were very close. And actually, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to quote again, like, you know, uh, Avad Grip, the chief pilot on this one, he, he actually said that, you know, that the, the first data he got sent, like, you know, he thought that was a prank on him. Like, he saw somehow like someone in the team had sent him like some simulation data, like, you know, and like, no you know, had, like, given him like as a prank, like he thought he, he could not believe how good it was. And uh, so that, that yeah, that, that's just telling like how, how good it is. Now, like you, like, you know, what you need to realize is that you no know, the, the first flight was like specifically tailored to match the condition in which we tested in the vacuum chamber. Like you no, know, there's a there's a reason why we stayed only on the vertical flight, like only went up to three meters. like you no know, so if something goes wrong, like you know we are close to the ground, we can try to to land and get to safety. Like we on the first one, we know we 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 wanted to stay on the same trajectory we could we could test in the vacuum chamber, and these were the up and downs that you saw.
0: So nothing was left to chance on that first flight you had the data that you had to see come back that's correct well you're part of ingenuity's navigation team and i want to talk to you a little bit about how you navigate this incredible vehicle on mars and i want to frame this discussion around maybe ingenuity's hardware and software and how they link together to successfully take you from point a to b and jeff as i understand it the vehicle weighs about one eight kilos or four pounds on earth. It's about a pound and a half on Mars. The rotor blades are about 1.2 meters. And I'm, that seems to be a pretty small package. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the challenges you faced in outfitting ingenuity with this navigation system in in really, you know, a a small avionics compartment.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. So the first challenge is that, no, we knew uh, like, you know, that to be able to autonomously fly and control ingenuity, like, we had to use this uh, vision based navigation system, like, you know, where you use uh, the camera to sort of like play the role of like what GPS would do on Earth, like, you know, like the commercial drones, like, you know, that you can buy off the shelf here, like, you know, and used to like take pictures of you when you're on a hike or something. They can fly on their own, like, you know, you don't need to read an expert pilot to have them, but they're going to do this, like, you know, using GPS signal to like, you know, determine the position, the velocity. Uh, the, the, they get the orientation using other sensors called like the inertial sensors, like you know, to find the orientation of the gravity, and like you know, so that all that is used like you know, to steer the aircraft when you're on Earth. When you're on Mars, like you, know, you can have inertial sensors like to, to get the gravity, but like you know if you only use that, like you know that's uh, after like you know pairs of a few seconds, your velocity is going to drift, and you won't be able like you know to to fly yourself like to a safe landing. Like you're just going to go way faster or way slower than you think, and that's not going to be stable. So we we needed that navigation camera, and we needed algorithms that know were able like to process these images and in real time, like you know, feed that velocity, this position estimate that are, that are like you know used by the autopilot to just like fly safely, and that the 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 flight computers that know that and and the and 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 the CPU frequencies that you need like you know to run that in real time with like 30 images a second, that's like you know. Th- these requirements are like way higher than like you know what what the rover computers could do right now. So there was um, one of the main innovations of ingenuity in terms of like space flight was to commit to using off the shelf computers, like you know similar to what you had in uh, like you know on your smartphone a few years back. Like still like not as good as what you what you have in your smartphone today. Uh, like you no, know, but that's that's already like you know almost fifteen years ahead of like what's what's in the in 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 the rover computers.
0: Let me ask you this because. I noted that you kept using the word camera instead of cameras. And having done a little bit of research on your background, you've been doing a lot of writing about range visual inertial odometry. And clearly that uses one camera where, you know, if you look at, for the audience might be familiar, Tesla has many cameras on there. What What's the challenge of using a camera versus cameras and maybe other ways of fixing the position of the vehicle in three dimensions
1: right so if you use only one camera um you you can't know the what we call the metric scale of the scene you know which means like you no know, you're you're gonna see like you know rock pebbles maybe rover tracks in there and you know and if you look at these images as a human like you know you might know okay like the the over track like the rover wheels are this big like you know so you get a sense of like you know how big the objects are like on the scene But that's because your brain, like, you know, has seen Ingenuity before, like, you know, it has some references for how big things are, like, you could produce the same image, like, you know, uh, with a mile wide rover, like, you know, in a giant world, like, you know, and and this image would look the same. And what that means is that Ingenuity using the camera is only able to estimate the direction of motion, so the direction of the velocity vector, it is not able to get the magnitude of that vector, so how fast it's going. So it can tell, okay, I'm moving upwards in the image, but it can't tell from the camera only if it's going upward at like one meter a second, two meters per second, ten meters a second. So that's the limitation of only using one camera. If you were able to use, you know, like say, a stereo, stereo camera that goes to two of them, just like, no, like humans have two eyes, and you were close enough, like you know, that you could measure, like you know, the, the the what we call the disparities, like you know, so the image displacement from one camera to the to the other camera, then you you could retrieve this scale information. But because the the fuselage of Ingenuity, like you know, and the the space, like in, in which you have we put the to put the camera, which is just like just a few centimeters wide, it's way too small to get that information at five meters. So in the end, one camera is really all we could afford and we had to use you know, these other sensors, the laser rangefinder and the uh, the inertial uh, sensors to retrieve that scale uh, that you need to uh, to pilot the aircraft.
0: As you've had conversations about what future vehicles look like, do you think that there's going to be a push to develop a larger vehicle to use stereo cameras, or have you accomplished what you need to using a single camera and the laser rangefinder?
1: So that, that depends for what the... Um, the, so there are research projects like you know that have started right after uh the design phase of ingenuity was finished that was already like two years ago so like you know so the operation part of the operation team like you know which are like the 10 people you see on the videos like you know it's a very small part of you know the overall engineering team that's like you no, know, like, like almost 200 people a lot of the people like you know have moved on to like you know research projects like you now I'm, I'm part of that group and so one concept you know that we are like there's a few research publications on is called the Mars Science Helicopter concept. You no, know, so it, it designed like that's in partnership with NASA Ames, uh, Aero Environment, like you know, all the same partners that you have for ingenuity. And we, we've currently come up with like versions of the vehicle where you can fly an ex an exa rotor, like you no, know, so it's six rotors, like you know, uh, on the side, on about 30 kilogram vehicle that can carry up to five kilogram payload. This vehicle, like you no, know, we are still using the same like you no know, range, visual and inertial sensors. We've changed the algorithm a bit because we'd like to explore like you no know, more challenging terrains. Like you no, know, usually like scientists want to go in the hardest places for engineers. Like you no, know, so we we are we are trying to to meet their demands. We are like they made like we are still investigating the use for stereo, but this you no know, because this uh this, uh, this new helicopters like you no know, would, like would be potentially larger. They're also gonna fly higher off the ground. Like you no, know, so the, the same constraints we had on ingenuity, which is like you no, know, if you're if you're too close, like you no know, like you like you you like oh sorry if you're too far, like you can't use like multiple cameras to get that three d information. it's even worse on the on the larger helicopters. Uh, one aspect that may not be true, like you no know, if you want to like do like a close up inspection of like you no know, specific you no know, geological crops say like you no know, and get. A 3d map like you know of the terrain like without having to move around like though then like a stereo camera could be could could be interesting But that's that's still research level for now. Like, you know, we are we're still investigating this
0: And you have uh, a couple more planets to explore too. So you you may have the chance to do that uh, one, one of our mutual colleagues is dr. Sanjeev Singh And one thing he said about autonomy was this autonomy is about flying safe landing safe doing it without gps and doing it even when things go wrong, and I want to spend the last couple of minutes uh, of our conversation talking about flying from point A to B on Mars. You know, obviously, the first part of the navigation issue is where is point A? How does ingenuity establish and hold its takeoff position?
1: How does it know where it is? Uh- well so the, the the takeoff point at injunity like you know it's it, it's by definition zero 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 like you know so we, 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 okay. we, we made things very simple here um, like you no know, uh, like um, then we're like we're really using the, that combination of measurements coming from like you know the like the, the camera like you know, that tells us like in which direction we're going like you no know, so hopefully at takeoff it should tell you okay you' you're going up here or like you're going in that direction then the inertial sensors like you know tell you okay well that's uh, like you know the, the gravity is in that direction and op- hopefully like you know that's aligned with the the direction that the camera tells you because that like, you, need, you need to go up and then the laser range finder like you know like make sure that you like you're, you're containing uh, the the drift of this inertial estimate like you know that they work as like dead reckoning sensors the this inertial sensor like you know so the altimeter is here, like to contain that now, actually, on on the very on the very first two seconds of takeoff, like, you know when we close to the ground, to to make sure that, like, you know that we don't meet any uh, what we call the ground effects, like, you know that maybe like, you know any flow interaction with the ground, I like, you know we're actually just trying to control the orientation of the helicopter, like, you know make sure it says like, you know level and just like push off the ground as fast a boost off the ground as fast as we can. So for that very first two second. We are, we are just using the um, the inertial sensors to keep ourselves level. We're not even trying to use the camera and the, uh, and, 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 and the laser rangefinder.
0: So if I understand you correctly, point A or the origin is 000, but you want to go to a point B, which, you know, in the case of the last flight was over 100 meters away. How do you establish point B and how do you say... This is the um, geographic relationship between point A and point B and ingenuity head in this direction.
1: So you are going, in, in addition to point A being like 0, you also have axes. Like you know you're going to have X, Y, Z in like in three perpendicular direction. And before the flight, like you know, one of the information we give ingenuity is that, okay, like point B is going to be say like 50 meters in X and like an, and another 50 meters in Y at, at five meter elevation in Z. And you know, from that point on like basically like ingenuity is only trying like to find that that point b destination in terms of the the relative coordinates with respect to that to that first frame that means that like at no point do we have like you know any absolute correction or position fixed like you no know, we're, we're like progressively accumulating like you no know, some errors right? like as like you no know, as each image measurement and some noise it's inertial and like you no so we always have a little noise. so the challenge is to make sure that this noise this noise level don't accumulate in a way that that make us drift too much but the the performance of this flight is that on the um, on flight 3 for instance where we are like a 50 meters and back like you know, so 100 meters total the drift like from the uh, the, the target uh, objective was about like 36 centimeter like you no know, so that's about like no point three six percent like you no know, that that's almost as as good as it gets like you know on the on on on, on the research papers um, so like you know th- th- that's the kind of of operation it, it, it takes to uh, to get ingenuity there and back
0: Which makes me wonder though Mars is a dynamic planet Mars has winds Mars has those dust devils we're talking about as ingenuity is flying between point A and point B if it count encounters something in the atmosphere that um will alter its trajectory is it able to account for that in real time or 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 how is that accounted for
1: yeah it it can so like the the control system basically is modeling for disturbances so the main one that we're expecting are the wind and the gust that you can have in flight uh when the control system was designed like you know we were able to use uh prediction models like you know from wind experts uh jpl and at nasa like you know where like on the on the given landings on the given jezero area like you know we knew that like if everything comes through, like we should have like not not more than nine meters per second, like you no know, average wind during like on, on a given day during a flight, and variations in flight of not more than like 3.5 meters per second. So like we were able to, like to tune our flight controllers to make sure that we are stable within this bounds. Now there is still some uncertainty. Like you no, know, for instance, we have we have never flown or like you no know, have been able to reproduce a dust table, for instance, in the vacuum chamber. So should one like you no know, come to meet our path like in flight, um you no, know, that would be like a, a, a big surprise to us. What, what 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 happens? But that's part of the things we, we haven't like you know designed for.
0: As you've reviewed the data of the last four flights, is there any insight into the amount of wind that ingenuity encountered?
1: yeah, so I haven't like you know accessed the data from all flights on my part. I'm not on the operation team directly. But on the on the first flight, like you know it seemed that we got like winds like you know up to like no six, eight meters per second. Like no, so that that seems like no so far within the bounds of of these wind models that we have. And you know I should add like no that we also have like no daily forecast from the Rover like you know weather station. It's a device called MIDA. Like, you know, we don't have a check, like, know, right before the flight. Like, you so that there's only, like, so much we can do. Um, and there's also a lot of uncertainties, like, no, regarding the winds on Mars. Because, okay, it's already out on Earth, like, you know, and we have weather stations all around the planet. On Mars, you know, we only have data from, like, a, f- a few past missions. Uh, but so far, like, the, the flight data seem in line with the, the prediction we received.
0: Well, we're going to have to land the vehicle. So, again, we're flying from point A to point B. And how does the vehicle know it's found a safe place to land i mean there are things like incline in the terrain there could be the difference between a pebble and a boulder and certainly that terrain you're going to is going to be at a different altitude you know height above ground level than your point of origin how does ingenuity figure out hey this is the safe spot for me to land
1: so during the first four flights Ingenuity was always coming back at the same spot. and that spot like you no know, which uh, ended up being called the Wright brothers Airfield, it had been uh, reviewed and, and 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 analyzed by the rover instruments like you no. Know, so we knew uh, what the three topography looked like on the terrain. we knew it was safe of hazard and we knew that like the like it was overall flat and that the slope was like you no know, level uh, like to with up to within a degree. So we knew that. On the um during the fourth flight, we collected like you no know, images uh, in flight which have overlaps between them. These images like have like are in the process of being returned to Earth. And you no, know, because they overlap, we're, we're gonna be able like to reproduce like the benefits of having you no know, two cameras on the helicopter, but not because we actually have two cameras. Like you know, we're gonna use the same image, the same camera image at two different moments in time. And we're we're gonna like you know do a, a virtual triangulation if you want because like you know of, of using the same the, the same camera image at different time, and so that's gonna give us what we call digital elevation models of them like you know, which, which are which are gonna give us topography like of the terrain along the flight, and if things look good like we might try to land at a different spot like you no know, during the fifth flight, and but that that will be the first time uh, like you no know, this 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 happens for ingenuity. One important thing to note is that uh, in the current uh, like you know in the current software that is on board, like you know, this there has to be a ground loop like you no know, to get this data, like you know process it here on earth. Uh, but future versions of the of the helicopter, like the sense helicopter I mentioned before, like will have like the the, the ability on board to like you know detect the safe landing site and ment- and make the landing decision. It wasn't critical for ingenuity because there were like so many more challenges to like you know to pass through first and and there still are. Um, but that, that's the directions we are taking for, for future helicopters.
0: Just a, a couple last closing questions about this remarkable vehicle and, and um, called Ingenuity. One of the things I noticed is that when Ingenuity was lowered by Perseverance and Perseverance drove away, it looked like you already had a little bit of Martian dust on the solar panels. Uh, is that accurate or am i just the untrained martian observer no
1: that's completely accurate uh they were they were more dust than we than we anticipated uh, i think the current belief is that like you know during uh the edl like you know if you look at at, at at the video of the rover being landed the very last few seconds like you know you've got eight thrusters on the sky crane like you know just like blasting off like all the way and and you have like recirculation of the dust like right under the rover and that's exactly where ingenuity was and like you know you have some even though there was a protection shell like you know, you have some cracks on top like you know and, and we think that that's how the dust came in
0: and hopefully this isn't a crazy question but you know certainly as dust accumulates on those solar cells are you able to say well we're just going to do a fast high speed flight here and get all that dust blown off or is the atmosphere really not um, thick enough to think about using it for you know blowing the the solar uh, panels dry or clear on ingenuity
1: so, not a crazy question at all like actually that was a question. like you no know, that the the power uh, like you no know, and and the the power team had like you no know, right after the first flight. Uh, like you no know, Teddy Zanetos, the deputy operation lead, uh, lead uh, Yako Karas uh, that work on the electrical system, actually like you no know, uh, showed in the data like you could actually even at uh, on on the first flight, like you could actually see, chunks of sand actually flying off the solar panel because like you no know, you get the day like you no know, how much like you no know, current is like you no know, is, is coming in on the solar panels and you and you can see the like you no, know, the, the power output just like you no know, rise during the flight and you no know, the only explanation that though that makes sense was like you no know, well you get like you no know, some of these chunks of sand basically are just falling off and that was confirmed on like, the the, the post flight pictures from the rover where you see that basically the solar panel like got a cleanup and that not only happened on flight one, like you no, know, like the this, the solar panel, like you know, got more and more efficient as the flight came in, and uh, so yeah, so there there seems to be an, a natural cleaner process that happens during flight, which is uh, very important for future design because, for instance, uh, the the previous generation rovers, uh, uh, like Spirit and, and Opportunity, the Mars exploration rovers, that you no, know, that got their power input through solar panels, whereas current generation rovers are using RTGs, so radioisotopic thermal generators. Uh, but the previous generation, like they had, uh, they had to put themselves in, like you know, in, in specific all position to make sure that their that 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 their solar panels get cleaned. And that's something that we're going to be able to avoid with the helicopters because they have they have this natural ability to clean themselves in flight.
0: Now I don't want you to spill any JPL secrets, but when we start looking at flight six and seven and that flight cadence, you know, of a flight every one to two weeks. Are there going to be some like incredibly awe inspiring missions where you just let the helicopter go and, you know, report back when you land, (laughs) Uh, you know, and you're going to, you're going to cover more of Mars than any of the other rovers have.
1: Uh, so we we, we we might be able like you not know, to cover like more of mass ground like you know in, in one sole, like you no know, that that may be some of the hovers, but like you no know, that being said, the current the Perseverance hover can cover like you know up to two hundred meters a day, like you know, so that that's a fairly long distance. Uh, but yeah on, on flight four we're able to cover two hundred sixty six meters. Like you no. Know, so yeah, so per day we will be able to, to cover more. That, that being said, like you no know, the hovers like you no know, like Last a decade, almost. Like you no, know, that's what we've seen. Like you no, know, so overall, like you know, their their flight distance is going to be longer. Um, to answer your to, to, the, to your question specifically, like you no, know, like when Ingenuity flies, like you no, know, it, it it's always got these waypoints, like you no, know, which we set in the first place. Like you no, know, so there is no never never going to be like you no know, a free flight mode where we say like okay, just go on your own and see what happens. Like you no, know, that most likely would not be good. Um but uh yeah, I think now we are we're certainly pushing the limit the limit now. I think now we are we're trying to like you know more than just pushing the limit, I think the focus will try to know to demonstrate okay what what data can we get like you know to inform the rover and like you know and even if the rover like you know is designed to like to operate on its own, like no, it does not need ingenuity, like if it gets success like no useful data, like you know, can that help their operation and like no and Make them like let them go through harder terrain, or like maybe save time because now like, they might go they might go a path that would not have been deemed safe enough before, out of just how much uncertainty there was on, on what they could see from the ground.
0: Can Ingenuity speak to the um, orbiters right now, or does it need Perseverance as a link?
1: It's it it relies on the on the Perseverance to Ingenuity link to talk to the orbiters. Uh, so it it's not in, Ingenuity is not an independent spacecraft uh, an, an an independent aircraft future missions though like could have a direct to orbit uh, communication link and not direct to earth that, that that's just to have but direct to orbit uh, is definitely on the table for future helicopters
0: it is an amazing vehicle that is a credit to everyone at JPL and NASA and aero environment and all the partners that were involved in building it it's a huge credit to humanity it's a huge credit to the engineering profession and let me just end with one thing here jeff When you look up at the sky again, and you see the rest of the flight challenges in the solar system, what are other ones outside of Mars that capture your attention and say, hey, if only I could take an ingenuity type vehicle here, we could do something incredibly exciting as well.
1: Well, I think like you no, know, the the next one has actually already been identified by NASA. Like you no, know, and there's going to be the Dragonfly vehicle that will actually take off uh, like in 2027 uh, to go to Titan, uh, which is like the the moon of Saturn. Uh, like you no, know, it's going to be produced by uh, John Hopkins University Applied Physics Laboratory. Like you no, know, so that like you no, know, very exciting. Like you no, know, that there's already like the uh, second generation of rotorcraft. Like you no, know, and going to different planets, that's going to happen. Like you know, now the like Titan is very different from Mars. Like you know, it's 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 almost like you know designed to fly. Like if you were like on Titan, like you know, you could like you know almost take off like you know if you had your own wings on the ground. But like you know, the the distance like you know from Mars is also much larger, and like you know, it's it it has its own set of challenges. Like you know, so Titan like you know is going to happen like no in the in I think around 2034. Uh, then I think the other destination for like aerial vehicles and like you know not only like drones or watercraft is Venus. Like you no, know, there's a there was a lot of interest like you no know, in the past few months because we think we may have found like you know, some of the compounds necessary like for life in the Venus atmosphere. We know that the conditions about forty kilometers above the ground are like you know the, of pressure and temperature, like you no know, right around what, what we would have on Earth. So like you know, we're talking about having balloons airship, like you no know, maybe with like some Probes like you no know, maybe ro maybe drone that could like you know, drop to the ground and like you no know, and try to make some more local measurements, um, yeah. So I think you no know, like Titan Venus like you no know, definitely like seem like be- like beyond Mars to be the other worlds where like aerial vehicle exploration are uh, like you no know, seem to be on the table.
0: Jeff, thank you so much for taking us to Mars, telling us how this incredible vehicle the team has put together operates and how it navigates. Love to have you back as more data is collected. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me and thank you for your questions.